0: Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here are your guides on this journey. David Begin of Begin Insights and Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello, Car Wash Nation. Welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. My guest today is continuing the conversation with Ryan Cook, who's the General Manager and VP of Sales for Diamond Shine, which is a division of Sunny's Holdings. And uh, we had a great discussion on car wash chemistry. And now we're gonna talk about, you know, what do we need to do as car wash managers and owners to make sure we take advantage of that chemistry. So we've got great chemistry, we've got great equipment, and how do we produce the one thing that we're all important to us in the car wash business, which is producing a quality car. And right, I have to admit you were influential with me when I was a car wash owner and operator, uh, as far as making sure we produce good quality cars. And I've been communicating that message in this podcast and communicating it with clients in my consulting practice and anybody that will listen. I talk to them about the importance of car quality and that whole th- concept has probably changed in the last ten or you know five or ten years. I think there's a lot of things driving this whole need for a better quality car. But uh what do you think is driving this need for great car quality? Well I
1: mean it's this more obviously, you know, competition is is probably the, you know, the the biggest driver of this. And I think that um you know it's one of the things that you can um you can still create a competitive wedge, right? If you do a good job. And, and um, I think that's one of the things that you can control. So, you know, if you're an operator and yeah, you know, there's some little simple things that you can do to really have a, a, you know, a huge impact on your business and make sure that you're keeping your clients happy.
0: Do you think customers notice car quality? I mean, I think I know the answer to that, but do you, I mean, well, in your experience, how do they notice it do they notice it consistently do they notice when you're off is it like going to a restaurant where you go to your favorite restaurant and you have a great meal and on the 10th time you go you go, "Well, oh, you know it looks like maybe they were a little off today do you, do you feel like it could be like that or do people pay attention to that extent
1: yeah i think um you know one of my early experiences with this and you know it was a actually was an bay automatic so gas station chain of car washes you know they they um early in my career they they decided to uh change take one step out so like they they you know not to make this a long story but they basically they rented the car twice and kind of back to back and they wanted to rinse it once and uh so they they asked us to go um unprogram the extra rinse. so uh, and in their mind nobody would notice this and and I'm making it a little bit more simplistic than it was, but that's kind of the gist of it. And we, we, uh, we spent it, it they, you know, we talked about it, and we, we tried to encourage them to do it in a small market, and uh, they disagreed. They did it in Dallas, which I think at the time they had, I don't know, 50 or 60 car washes. And uh, we ran around Dallas for a week reprogramming these car washes, and uh, with before we got done with the programming, they had already received, so we started on Monday by. You know, Wednesday or Thursday, we got a frantic call from them. They'd already received 200 complaints, and if they got two complaints, uh, uh whatever, a week from a market, they were freaking out, and they had 200 in a couple of days from a market. So, so they were, um,
0: they really were freaking out.
1: Yeah, they're like, put it back, put it back right now. <laughs> and um, and so basically, you know, the complaint they were getting is, you guys are ripping us off. You know, I used to get nine yeah. passes around my car, and now I'm only getting eight, and um, and they were actually shocked that their clientele was that in tune with what the car wash was doing. So, so, you know, that experience was kind of one of those aha moments in my life where I realized that, you know, I think we don't give customers credit for how perceptive they are um, of the process, even if it's a complex process, like washing your car. And uh, I know you probably have lots of of anecdotal stories about somebody coming up to you and saying, you know, the sign wasn't working, or I noticed this brush wasn't working or I didn't get this soap today, you know, um, so I think that, yeah, I absolutely think customers uh, recognize the difference in quality. I can tell you that, um, you know, you can look at things like uh, customers that start to make choices like, uh, you know, turning water softeners off, that kind of thing. And, and I mean, it typically has a direct correlation with their with their reviews on Google and that kind of stuff, which are tough to do anyway. I mean, I know the reviews online are tough anyways. but. But you're definitely not helping yourself out when you when you don't produce uh, the best product you can
0: yeah it's, it's, it's really interesting and i the problem i always had with customers is they didn't always look at the end product they were kind of focused on what happened through the tunnel and the perception of quality sometimes from a public standpoint is a little skewed and i remember when we went from we, we used to apply pre-soak uh, when we first opened so we had a wand and the person who was loading would provide you know spray pre soak chemical on the grill of the car wash and the windshield so you kind of probably know who our chemistry guy was um but uh you know after about three or four years we put in a pre soak arch to so that we can automatically apply it and you thought we shut the tunnel off and it took probably a year or two before people stopped complaining about the fact that we're no longer doing this service that we were doing manually but in their mind they saw that as extra service for whatever reason they saw it as prepping the car although we weren't really spraying anything it was a low pressure pre-soak we were applying uh, and so it, it is interesting what they noticed but you but also why they notice what they notice
1: no it is and i think that you know the, the, it, absolutely inside the car washes, we actually talked about it in the last last episode about you know why we do the fusion process and about all the soap we put on the car and and that's a big piece of it right I mean if somebody feels like they get value uh at you know in, during the experience through the car wash that trans that translates to them feeling like they you know they got their value they got their money's worth right of course when they get home if there's a problem that's not great either right you know and and that's you know so yeah, I, I've never actually seen a statistic on how many people stop to vacuum in an express exterior, and how many drive off and go home. And I'm sure it's, it's out there, and, and uh, but you know, a good portion of those folks just drive off, right? And and right. Uh, um, so they don't see the car until they stop somewhere and get out. And then you think about that the, the um, how angry you you are when you you spent even if the car wash is 10 minutes away from you and even if you get through line and everything in five minutes, that's a 25 minute turn, right. To go get a car wash or a 30 minute turn really realistically with stoplights and all that kind of stuff. So you go spend 30 minutes of your time. It's really less about the money. It's more about the time you get home and you see soap streaks all over your car and you got to get, uh, you know, you got to get the, the microfiber towel out and wipe it down. And um, you know, I think that that kind of stuff does uh, ultimately impact that customer and, and you know, Maybe they don't get their car washed as often. You know, they still like your service, it's still good enough, but it's kind of a pain in the butt because they always have to jump out and wipe it down. You know, it's those little things. And I think that, that it has a bigger impact. I think it kind of goes down to the marginal gains, right? I mean, you know, do all those little things you can because, you know, enough enough small marginal gains actually, you know, equal something that's impactful to the business.
0: Yeah, it makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. And and so when you're teaching somebody about a car quality program, what do you I mean, so What's your definition of a quality car?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's the, well, so I think that's the key is understanding what you're trying to deliver and what your value proposition is. And, and it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter thing. I mean, obviously clean, dry, shiny is kind of the industry standard. Um, I I would tell you that, uh, you know, really clean, dry, dry, shiny, um, you know, and, and a pleasant experience in the car wash is, is probably really should be. Um, everybody's standard that's kind of the base standard but then really you got to think about in in your mind you know what what each package and I think it needs to be you know that much you know down to that granular level what each package should provide to the customer and um, and I think that's just one of those things that people still struggle with I mean I see a lot of car wash menus where it's, it's hard to define like the difference between the top two packages or the middle two packages and and um, I think that's one of those ones where you get to kind of really challenge yourself and say, are they really getting something different? You know, is the customer going to see that? Are they going to be able to identify it out in the parking lot, that kind of stuff. And I think once you define what you want deliver to the customer, then that's, then that's where you build your, your, uh, you know, car, car quality management program around is, okay, this is our value proposition. This is what we're going to deliver. And then how do we do that every single time?
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's important. So, Clean, dry, shiny in a great experience in a great location is probably a good definition of a good car quality program. Yeah, so I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. So, you know, one of the struggles or challenges I had was how to teach somebody how to do that. So what are what are some ways you would teach the management team or the employees to to be able to either develop a good car quality program or monitor that program?
1: So this is uh, this is a question I was hoping you were going to ask first, but it's 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 really about creating a culture of clean, and I think the um, you know, and I think that that starts with with your leader, your leadership, and 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 the operator, right? So it's uh, and it it really comes down to inspect the product. So I, I always kind of marvel at the fact that that um, some people do this naturally, and I, I I would tell you that the good operators, um, the really you know. Good operators I've known over the years, uh, that you know they watch cars. They watch a lot of cars. They you know they they drive their car through the tunnel. The first thing they do when they get there, and and uh, and uh, and that's that's a big piece. This is just creating that that culture of clean, and and so that starts with obviously the operator um, and and the and like I said, the senior management of you know, when you show up on site, the first thing you should do is, is, you know, go look at cars. And I think that that often gets swept under the rug for day-to-day business, right? Like making sure the bills got paid or, you know, you know, you're heard a machine broke last night. So you want to go take a look at that. I mean, I think it's, it's very, very easy to get sucked into the other tasks that are, that are going on at car wash. And um, so for just as many operators, I see that watch that go out and watch a lot of cars and make sure they're putting out good quality. I can tell you, there's just as many that haven't probably looked at the car at the end of their tunnel in months. And, um, and to me, that's like running a restaurant, and never tasting the food. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, how do you know you're putting out something good or not? And so really I think it starts there. And I would tell you that that's something that still to this day, when I show up at a car wash lot, um, you know, uh, we have a pretty uh, regimented program on, on servicing cars, our car washes. And uh, one of it, you know, the very first thing we do is introduce ourselves. So I still do that. Introduce myself, let people know I'm on lot. Uh, I want to be always respectful of people's properties. But the other thing too is that you know, uh, typically the the manager or the system manager, whoever we end up talking to, um, is going to have some idea of what's going on at the car wash, whether and it might be able to help us, you know, get to the root causes of any issues that are there a little quicker by just having a quick conversation with them. But then the very next thing I do is, is go stand at the end of the tunnel and, and watch cars come out. And, you know, over the years, that's, that's uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been able to bring value to somebody by just doing, you know, spending five, ten minutes at the end of their car wash and say, hey, did you notice that this was going on? Or, hey, um, I like to tell a story. We had a huge client that, you know, they're, um, their, whatever, one of their claims to fame is they, they put tire dressing on every single car. I went to one of their sites they've been open since it was like 11 o'clock when I got there. Um, they washed tremendous volumes. They probably already washed, you know, two or 300 cars that day. And, um, you know, went to the end of the tunnel and you know did what I talked to, you know, introduced myself, went to the end of the tunnel, started watching cars and every single car coming out was coming out without tire dressing. And, um, you know, so I, you know, I, I, I kind of stopped what I was doing and went and take a look at what the problem was. And they just forgot to turn the air on. They serviced the the uh, tire shine machine the night before. Uh, they probably turned the air off as part of their safety protocols, and um, and uh, just forgot to turn it back on. So I mean, it literally took me two and a half seconds. But that had a tremendous impact on their car quality that day because you know they probably would have ran maybe two three days before they would have figured it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's
1: so that's the that's the key, right? Is to is to create that culture of clean, and then. And then create those expectations on how you're going to check, um, you know, how you're going to check car quality and, you know, what the rest of that process looks like beyond just watching cars.
0: Hey, this is David Begin. I'm going to interrupt this podcast for just a second and tell you about Williams & Williams Auctioneers. They're a leading real estate auction company for all types of real estate. And between July 6th through July 10th, Williams & Williams will auction six car washes located in Bentonville. Fayetteville, Heber Springs, and Jonesboro, Arkansas, as well as two car washes in Abilene and Amarillo, Texas. Auctions are open to the public with no registration fee to bid. Visit Williamsauction.com forward slash auto or call 800 801 8003 for more information. Again, go to their website Williamsauction.com forward slash auto or call 800 Yeah, you've got a real gift of being able to look at a car coming out the exit. And you can tell what's going on with chemistry, too. I mean, you can say, oh, there's not enough drying agent, too much drying agent. This is happening. That's happening. I mean, you've, you've, by doing I mean, you've watched thousands of cars, if not hundreds of thousands of cars come out of tunnels. And you've got a capability of just watching cars exit and then, being able to tell exactly what's going on with chemistry, which which I think is, I mean, to me it's amazing, but to you it's probably just second nature.
1: Yeah, I think it's like anything, right? You do it enough, and I think that's part of what you're you're trying to. One of the things, like we, you know, um, I think we struggle with even as a company is how do we get somebody, how do we get people up to a certain level so that they can really have a, a positive impact on on our clients. And sometimes just being able to know something's not right is good enough. Right. And and getting, and finding the help you need to get that solved. And then it'll come on over time, you know, that OJT will, will start to build up and then you'll be able to solve those problems too. And, and so, you know, one of the first things I tell new operators is just figure out what stuff's supposed to look like and what stuff is supposed to sound like. And you don't even have to be able to, like you don't even have to be able to call it the wrong name. You could be like, you know, that thing, that, that thing over there that <laughs> rotates that way. You know, it's making a noise it's never made before. Yeah. But I would, you know, like, and, and you've been with me when we've walked through car washes and there's like no chemical on the line. Yeah. You know, and, and you're like, and, and you know, you're in there for two and a half seconds. and The guy's like, Hey, there's no chemical. And the guy's like, how do you know that you haven't even looked at the car wash yet? I'm like, cause I can see through the window into the back room. You know that uh, there's your there's your chemical dispensing unit. All the lines are are clear, and most chemicals we sell aren't clear, so there's a problem there. And that's um, and the guy's like, you know, you're right, and it's like, and it will. How did you not notice that, right? You know, we've been operating already half a day. Come to find out that you know the 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 breaker trips for the pump, and it's not kicking on. It's not pressurizing the system. You know. Little things like that a lot of times can really have tremendous impact. And, of course, it goes back to what we were just talking about. How many customers ride through? And trust me, they know. And people are busy. Do they come back and complain or do they just not come back?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And with the choice now, right, you used to go to a car wash because it was the only car wash in a five-mile radius. And now there's three car washes in a five-mile radius. so you know, the chances of somebody moving on to somebody else because they don't like what's going on is a lot higher than it ever used to be. And I think it's important for car wash owners and operators to understand you can lose your customer quicker now than ever.
1: Absolutely. And, and are, you know, I mean, I think it's uptime is, is tremendously important to what you're talking about. It's, um, I actually just, just recently had an experience and where I drove by a car wash that I actually have a membership to and they, they were, um, you know, they were down for maintenance. And, um, but, you know, it, it's just a timing issue. It's a bit less about the money than the timing. I just don't have, you know, I don't have time to drive back over there. So I just went to another car wash, you know, and that's still got my, they still got their revenue from me. But, you know, it's one of those things of, you know, how many times does that happen before I was like, well, maybe I should just have my membership with the. other car right.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. So you bring up a good point because this is the challenge of the ages for an owner or manager is, how in the world did the guy that opened the car wash that day not realize that, you know, you, you set up all these inspection processes, you know, check the car wash, run, run a test vehicle through. However, it's 1030 in the morning, you and I show up on site and we know that that particular, you know, chemistry line has been clogged and not producing chemistry. So how do you get people to pay attention to those things. I mean, you, you, come up with checklists, you come up with processes and procedures, you tell them to stand at the exit and some days they do and some days they don't, you know, how do you teach a person that shows up on site every day to look at the car wash with a fresh set of eyes?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, and that goes back to the culture of cleaning. I, I think that, you know, so I had a kindergarten teacher who told me something profound one time and, and, uh, and it actually stuck with me and, um, super sharp lady. And she, uh, she's like people catch more. And she was specifically talking about kindergarten students at the time. So, so I apologize if, cause I'm basically, I guess <laughs> <laughs> painting with a big brush here, but the, uh, but the, uh, but she's like, uh, she goes, she goes people catch more than they're taught. And what she meant by that is, is if she's, if she does something, what she's learned over time is if she does something in class is inappropriate behavior that the kids are going to model that. And it doesn't matter what she says, right? It doesn't matter how often she says to do it this way. If she's, if she's, you know, leading the pack by example, and uh, then then that's, and I think it's kind of the same thing. Um, And again, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to paint the picture that we're all kindergartners, but, but, you know, there is, there is something about human nature, right? And, and, Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't live and walk the walk, then there nobody else will, right? And so I think that that's one of those ones where, um, you know, I don't, you know, try real hard not to to use specific names, but I, you know, I, I know of a particular operator in Northern California, I'm going to try to do this as good as possible so But I can guess who it is in Northern California, <laughs> who has a handful of car washes, some expresses and some full serves. And I can tell you that, um, he, he's a, a great example of what I'm talking about. That guy shows up on site and, and, um, they know he's going to be on site once or twice uh, a week. They know he's going to inspect cars. They know he's going to walk the tunnel. They know he's going to walk into the back room. And I mean, I tell you those are some of those sites are 20 years old and they look better than sites that are two years old mm-hmm. and uh, they're maintained better. They put out a better car quality there. And so that's, that's, you know, that's kind of the people catch more than they're taught. Right. So you gotta, you gotta live it. It's gotta be something you're very, very passionate about. And like, like I said, you know, that, you know, from all the time we spent together that I do things the same way. I show up. We teach our guys the same way, and and trust me, we deal with this challenge too. Trying to get chemical reps to to um, have that same passion for it that uh, that you know you or I would is 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 it's it's a big challenge for us, right? To make sure they understand the importance, because at the end of the day, this is the job. Job is making sure we produce a good clean car. Right. I mean, you know, we happen to sell soap, but really, that you know, that it's all about producing a good quality car, and so. You know, but that's a big piece of this and, and turning that into, you know, where it's something they understand why, how it impacts the wider business, because, you know, once you wash the cars, then you got to walk the tunnel and you got to make sure everything's working right. And then you got to walk in the back room and, you all that stuff is, um, all that stuff, well, if you do it right and you start to get into a routine of it and you understand the importance of it, it becomes easier and easier over time to pick out problems. And um, and then just taking pride, you know, I think that's something that you know either people, um, you know, we've talked about this a lot in the past. You know, you got to hire critical thinkers, and you got to hire people that have um, you know a sense of purpose. That's tough. It's very very tough to do. And um, but uh, but when you do that, I mean, you could see it if you have a good uh, if you have a good manager. But you know, are the is the back room clean? You know, uh, back room has no impact on the customer whatsoever. But it does, it, it, with the exception of this. It it can set the tone for the car wash because if yep. the back room's a pig sty, then the car wash becomes a pig sty.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I totally agree with that. And I, I always made a big deal about the back room because I think it communicated to the whole team how important being organized and being clean was, not for things that customers saw, but also things customers don't see. So yeah, I and you know, I, I was a huge component and proponent of that. And I think I think you brought up some good points. So you have to be able to model it as an owner and a manager. So every time you come on site, you know, you say, let's go look at cars and you go watch cars and they know if you're going to show up on site, you're going to go look at cars. Um, You know, and maybe teaching them to, to do like, maybe have two different types of checklists. I have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday checklist and a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday checklist, which are different which maybe has them going in a different direction. So maybe starting at the exit and moving to the beginning entrance of the tunnel on one day, maybe going from the tunnel to the exit, just to kind of change it up a little bit. Because I found that, you know, when you're familiar with the process, you tend to start shortcutting it and you tend not to follow that checklist. And you kind of come up with your own version of the checklist, which is typically not more, it's typically a subset of the overall checklist.
1: Oh, yeah, or, or you get people that pencil whip it and never do it at all, right? Yeah, do yeah. It in the office. And well, the other thing too that you know, if you're fortunate enough to have more than one location, and one of the big, you know, we actually teach this in, in one of the, the courses at Car Wash College courses. But if you, if you are fortunate enough to have more than one site, and and uh, then we recommend you actually take somebody from site A to do the quality checks at site B and vice versa. Yeah. And, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is, um, dedicated, you know, dedicated headspace, right? So if you're, if your manager is doing the quality checks and they're walking the tunnel and a a customer has an issue, they're going to go take care of the customer, which by the way, they should. Right. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what, again, it's all about the customer. So the, um, so do they ever go back, right? Do they ever go back to the quality checks? Do they, you know, do they, does their day take off from there and they never get a chance to see daylight again? You know, I mean, are they just run and run, you know, chasing, chasing the problems from that point on and they never get back to it. So that's why if you have one person come from the other site, the, uh, and that's one of the things about being uh, an owner, right. Is you know, being, uh, our senior management staff is that when you come there, you know, hopefully you don't have the same obligations and you really can focus on quality and, um, and you're not getting those other distractions, those other daily distractions that come up from just managing and running a business. But, um, but I think that's a key piece of it. And you kind of hit on the head. The other thing too is, um, you know, uh, there's, there's no perfect solution to this and you just got to spot check. And, And you got to have people walk you through the process. And basically, you know, the whole, you know, you teach me how to do this, show me how you do this, show me why it is. And then, and it's always important with people, um, to talk about why, why it has a greater impact on the company and on them and on your customers. And, you know, that's a big piece that I think a lot of us forget about is that, um, People really need to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And, and it, it sounds really easy, but it's when you start talking about mundane tasks, sometimes it's hard to draw a straight line of why this impacts that. And um, and so there's I, I, and I wish I could remember the name of the study. There's a study out there that, and I'll try to find it again because I think it is tremendously um, poignant. But they basically, and I'm going to butcher this, but this is the idea. They basically paid people an hourly wage to um, re-sort a deck of cards. And then they they kept increasing the amount of money over a period of time. And uh, their retention rate was like zero. Everybody ended up quitting the job, And I think that some of these folks, they got up to like $40, $50 an hour and to just sort cards. But it was like this is a meaningless task. I don't understand why you keep asking me to do the same thing. I come here every day, and all you do is make me sort the same deck of cards over and over again. And um, and they just couldn't keep people working there. And it, and, it, and it's part of it, that it wasn't meaningful and it wasn't fulfilling work, right? So mm-hmm. like I said, and I'm probably really butchering it, but it's but that's the gist of the study. And and um, I actually read it, and I wish I would have clipped it um, when I saw it. I saw a little news blurb on it. But it was it was kind of focused on that 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 people need to understand the you know why it's important what they're doing and how it's impacting other people and that kind of stuff and yeah I think that's something that we lose we lose sight of right we tell people to do simple tasks but we don't explain to them you yeah, know the why
0: one. agreed agreed and I, I think the point that you brought up which I think was a great point and I did it once or twice and it was pretty revealing where we had managers switch stores for a, a week and I had one manager that just adamantly was against that idea and once we did that then i found out why you know um was it because they were
1: the best manager ever
0: (laughs) i wish they were the best manager ever but they were obviously sweeping a lot of things under the rug but i think it's a good idea and if you've got a good team and a good team culture you know they ought to be able to debrief with each other so a manager should be able to you know be able to debrief with the man with the original manager of that wash and say here's what i found that i thought was good here's some areas i would think you'd want to look at and then they can you know they can do that 360 evaluation with each other but i think that's a great way to do it because then people don't get in those habits they're in a different environment they'll look at things differently and you know they can and if it's a good culture they can work on improving each other as opposed to throwing each other under the bus,
1: I like to call it people's little dinky dumbs. Right, they they like to have their little tiny kingdoms
0: call yeah, it. yeah, yeah.
1: And and uh, no, it's funny. I mean, it, you know, and every business has this challenge, right, of people not wanting somebody else to question their work and that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and it's, it's it's something that even you know, at our company, I mean, simple things like. You know, uh, you know, I randomly pull invoices when I go up there and check the invoices to make sure we're billing people right. And you know, the and, and uh, you know, the first few times I did that, it was you know, like, are you questioning that I'm not doing my job? I'm like, no, I'm doing my job. My job is to make sure we're doing this the right way. And and um, and it takes a while to build a culture of like, listen, we're you know, everybody should should feel comfortable and be welcome to somebody checking your work because yeah. um, you know, it's it's not. It's not about making you look bad. It's about making the company better and making, you know, helping everybody out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that goes to culture too, which is probably a third podcast we ought to do sometime. But, you know, if you've got a great team culture and we've, you know, you and I have been exposed to operators and owners which have great team cultures and how well they work together and how much of a difference that can make and, you know, everybody improving, the overall quality of the product at all the sites for all the customers. So I think that'd be great. Oh, Ryan, thank you so much. This was a great discussion again, really enjoyed it. And I always learn a lot when I talk to you and if people want to find out more information about diamond shine, or if they want to find out more information about sunny's, where would you send them?
1: Yeah, pretty pretty simple. Uh, yeah, it's just the website. dot diamondshine.com and, and Sonny's, Sonny's, uh direct.
0: That's great. Great. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for this. Appreciate your time. And we'll, we'll do it again soon.
1: Okay. Thank yeah. you, David.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Car Wash, the podcast. You can catch us anywhere you get podcasts. And if you want to go to our website, go to the Car Wash Magazine, look under podcast, and you'll find every episode we did, including episode number four, that I did with Ryan probably about two, three years ago. I think it might've been three years ago at this point when we talk about the five factors of clean. So uh, for Ryan Cook and David to begin, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Car Wash the Podcast.
1: Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program
0: that provides
1: information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.